Pam Hub has lived a life of crime. She started out forging signatures at her insurance job and moved on to murder. Pam has been convicted of murdering Louis Gumpenberger on August 16, 2016. She is suspected of killing her mother, Shirley Newman, on October 13, 2013. And she has now finally been charged with the murder of Betsy Feria, who was stabbed to death on December 27, 2011. Pam's murder spree has ended for good. Lucky for the people in her life. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. (laughs) Hello. How's it going? It is going well. I'm excited for this case. It's a wild one. Oh, my gosh. You might have heard in my intro that it was a lucky thing that her murder spree has ended so that the people around her can quit dying. Right? She's a real, I don't know, Lori Vallow. Uh, yeah, she's a real something-something. That is for sure. Minus so, the, you know, the golden stuff. I don't think she's got that. But I don't think she does. No, yeah. I I don't. So you probably all know the story of Pam Hupp because you've heard it a lot because she's been in and out of the news for many years now because she just yeah. can't stop killing people. Um, But back in July, we got some great news that she was finally charged yeah. with the murder of Betsy Feria, which was actually her first murder and the one that kicked off this whole crazy story. So we yeah. haven't co- covered Pam Hupp fully well, before. So her we first murder we that we know of anyway. Well, okay. You've got a point there. And that was a question that I have had for a long time about her is, yeah. did she really only kill these three people? Because right. yikes. So yikes on bikes, as they yikes, say. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Pam. Mm-hmm. So Pam grew up in Delwood, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. She was born on October 10th of 1958. And, you know, she just kind of, she grew up a very, um, kind of a, a very, standard midwestern catholic you know like her life was not all that unusual um grew up with uh parents that you know had to work and support her family and stuff but there's no i can't find any history that was abusive or anything for pam yeah just that um you know she she got um pregnant right after her prom yeah. And so she didn't go to college. She had a daughter mm-hmm. instead. And one thing about Pam is she was always a real penny pincher, real, real frugal. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that people kind of always noticed about her, kind of yeah. to an extreme degree. Um, and so she she worked for a couple of different insurance companies in which she finally was fired from those jobs for 
forging signatures. Yeah. So Pam was already sort of committing crimes even then. Mm -hmm. But then she made a really big leap. And this, you know, we don't know exactly why she went from forging stuff, you know, forging documents to murder. Well, money. But yeah, I mean, it was money. Mm -hmm. So she has this friend. Her friend's name is Betsy. Betsy was well known as just being some descriptions of her were that she was a typical Midwestern woman, big haired, bubbly, scatterbrained and sweet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They hadn't been friends for a while, kind of lost touch. But then Betsy developed breast cancer. This was in 2010. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Pam was just right there by her side. Mm-hmm. Appeared to be being a super good friend. Um, really helping her out, you know, yeah. being there for her, taking her to treatments and stuff. Yeah. And she had confided in Pam at some point that she was worried about her life insurance policy. And she was worried that her two daughters and her husband would just kind of spend it up and, and, you know, not make it last. Mm-hmm. And she had this $150,000 life insurance policy. So <laughs> this is so unreal. Right before Christmas in 2011, December 23rd, she convinced Betsy to um, change the beneficiary on her life insurance policy to herself. So Pam yes. would be the beneficiary and then she was going to help you know, um, put the money in a trust to make sure that her daughters got it when they needed it and blah, blah, blah. Like all this super, you know, like the super friend kind of things. Mm -hmm. What a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're talking about life insurance here. Who signs their life insurance policy over to someone who's not their spouse. Right. That is really big. Yeah, it is. It's, and and this is a person who's dying of cancer. I mean, Mm -hmm. you gotta kind of, question this so they went Mm -hmm. to the library to have like a notary Mm -hmm. and you have to remember that Pam worked in insurance Mm -hmm. prior to this so she kind of knew what she was doing so they get the life insurance traded over into her name and So then just a couple of days after Christmas, so this was December 27th of 2011, she's just, Pam's super insistent. She's going to help Betsy. She's going to take her to treatment. She's going to give her a ride home. She's going to do all this stuff because her husband, Betsy's husband, Russ, had a game night that was kind of a regular like weekly thing Mm -hmm. with his friends. And so Pam's like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to, I'll take care of it. I'll take her, right? So when that night, this is December 27th, 2011, mm-hmm. when Russ gets home, he discovers that Betsy is laying on the floor dead, has been stabbed 55 times. Yeah. Now, he said some weird stuff. 
Right. Because he said she killed herself. Right. Which was super dumb. Right. Well, that's what he said to dispatch. Yeah. Yeah. He calls 911. He says, I just got home. My wife has killed herself. And he's just pretty inconsolable. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, yeah. It was weird that he said that, but he also seemed like he was seriously in shock. And she still had the knife sticking out of her neck. Yeah. Like, why would you assume that's a suicide? When there's like, I mean, she's just, she had 55 stab wounds. Yeah. That was a weird thing. It was weird. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before and lots of other true crimers talk about it too, that you think you know what you're going to do in a situation like that, but you don't actually know what you're going to do. So you might say some dumb stuff that makes you look guilty, but you didn't really do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So the police um, immediately look at Russ. You know, they're like, oh, this is an open and shut case. You know, he's he's lying about it, you know, mm-hmm. and they had kept him up. He was he was up for 36 hours. He had marijuana in his in his system and he was given a polygraph. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise. He failed the polygraph. I mean, yeah. Let's just get real about this for a minute like why would they ever think that would be accurate right right that seems strange like it seems like they really wanted this to be russ because it Mm -hmm. would just be easy don't you think oh yeah i feel like they from the get-go from the weird 911 call on that was it had to have been him yeah yeah so they decide that oh his friends are lying he wasn't really hanging out with them and you know this was mm-hmm. totally well, and then of course, best friend Pam appears. Yeah, with some information for the police. Of course, and she tells them that Russ had a violent temper, and that Pat and that Betsy was afraid of her. Of course, and you know, the the the. And and how they didn't look at that life insurance policy and immediately go, whoa, hold the phone. Yeah. But they didn't. So they put Russ Feria on trial for Betsy's murder. Yeah. And so his defense attorney keeps trying to bring in the fact that Pam has now changed her story several times. She yeah. herself did not have an alibi. Um, you know, there's all this proof of where Russ was because after he went to game night with his friends, he actually stopped at several different places where he was yeah. seen on security cameras and stuff. Like he had but, actually a really solid alibi. But they also thought that was weird. Everything he did seemed suspicious, at least in the eyes of the prosecutor. You know, he stopped at one store and got a snapple. He stopped at a different store and got cigarettes. Like. He wasn't doing things that, you know, maybe logically made sense, but it didn't make right. him guilty. But yes, that's no, he did have an alibi all over the place. He did. He did. Um. Also, his clothes and shoes didn't have any blood on them. Mm-hmm. Now, those there were those weird slippers that did have blood on them that were in mm-hmm. his closet. Right. Which seems like a setup to me from the beginning. Right. 
So I don't know. So they basically just kept um, the the prosecutor just kept objecting to any anything whenever they tried to uh, you know throw um, some doubt on this by shining some light on Pam. They just kept shutting that down. Yeah, Pam was the last person to see Betsy alive. She was never tested for blood, her clothes or her car, nothing. Yeah. She got a doctor's note that said she couldn't do a polygraph. Yeah. Which. <laughs> um, yeah. Eventually, she said she had memory issues that were either yeah. from head injuries or menopause. She couldn't remember. There was a yeah. lot of not being able to remember. Yes, which was really weird. Or very general answers, you know, that uh, yeah. that didn't give them anywhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this led up to Russ was convicted mm -hmm. and sent to prison for yeah. Betsy's murder. And so then there was a civil trial with uh, Betsy's daughters, you know, like trying to sue for the insurance money and like, what the hell? Yeah. Now, there were two insurance policies. So Russ got $100,000. Mm -hmm. And then Pam got the $150,000. But what happened is during the civil trial, Betsy's daughters were suing her and she admitted that she had revoked the trust that she had set up for them with the money. Uh -huh. So in other words, she just took off with the money. Yeah. And that actually was enough for um, Russ to get a new trial. So they tried this again. And they didn't call Pam in on this case. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. He was finally acquitted, fortunately. Yeah. But he did do two or three years in prison. Yeah. In the, in the interim. For murdering but, his wife. Yeah. Which he did not do. He did not do. The emotional distress of oh having your wife being murdered and stabbed 55 times. Right. Is one thing, but also to be wrongfully convicted of her murder. No. This poor it's guy. Awful. Well, and so in the interim, while he's off, you know, in prison, Pam's real busy. <laughs> um, oh, Pam's yes. mom dies. Pam's mom, Shirley, who yeah. Pam told was telling people that her mother had just died of Alzheimer's. Uh, she didn't die of Alzheimer's. So she was living in an assisted living and she lived on the third floor. Mm -hmm. of her assisted living. She had her, she had a little apartment. And one morning she was found on the ground under her balcony. And she had eight times her regular ambient dose in her system. Oh my God. Yeah. And the railing on her uh, balcony was broken and the fall crushed her chest and killed her. Oh, my God. And guess who gets her money? Of course. Good old Pam, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
apparently Pam had been telling people that her mother had millions of dollars and that she was going to get it all when she died. But of course. You know what, though? She didn't have millions of dollars. (laughs) She had insurance for her burial. Mm -hmm. And she had about $120,000 in investments. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if Pam thought she was getting more money than this or if she just could not. You know, she had to revoke. She revoked that trust. She had to give that money back. She was in big trouble over the insurance. So maybe Mm -hmm. now, because in the midst of all of this also, she had sought disability for various injuries to her back and neck and was no longer working. Uh, mostly because she just kept getting fired for forgery. Mm-hmm. And so then she's magically had disability. So, you know, just using people wherever possible. Mm-hmm. So then comes the new trial, of course, and Russ is, is uh, exonerated. And, and he, um, one of the crazy things that came out is that Pam just kept um, changing her story to try mm-hmm. to fit the situation better for herself. Sure. At one point, she even said that she and Betsy were having a lesbian affair. Oh, yeah. And that Russ knew about it and that he threatened Pam. Mm-hmm. That's why Betsy changed the life insurance policy and gave Russ motive to kill Betsy and to kill Pam. Right. Okay. So this was all a bunch of bullshit. And and Russ is acquitted. Yeah. So then poor Lewis Gumpenberger is drug into this. And this poor guy, who had literally nothing to do with any of this until he got murdered, unfortunately. So she was, Pam was getting uh, nervous that she was going to get charged with Betsy's death. And um, especially because Ross Feria had filed a civil suit um, against the prosecutor and detectives who investigated Betsy's death. And mm-hmm. so the U.S. Attorney's Office was looking into it like it was getting to be a bigger thing. Yeah. Now, there had been several episodes about Pam and about these murders already that had aired on Dateline. So... Yeah. Betsy, because she's ever the problem solver, uh-huh. starts approaching people and telling them that she is a producer from Dateline and that she's offering them a thousand dollars to do a reenactment for them. <laughs> and she's just showing up to random people's houses. Oh my God. And offering this, right? Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Louis Gumpenberger, who was a 33, he was 33 years old, and he'd been in a car accident where he had a head injury and, like, physical disabilities mm-hmm. because of this. On August 26th of 2016, Pam goes up to Louis Gumpenberger and offers him $1,000. Remember this dollar amount, because this is important. Yeah. Offers him $1,000 to do a reenactment. And he says, okay. Yeah. So 
he goes to her house to do this reenactment. Mm-hmm. And they, so she keeps calling 911. And so they actually, uh, 911, they actually record what happened. They hear shots fired. And then Pam gets on the phone and says that Lewis came out of nowhere to attack her with a knife mm-hmm. and demand Russ's money. So she uh-huh. shot him. This is what she tells 911. When they find him, shot and killed, mm-hmm. he has $900 in consecutive serial number bills on him. Yeah. And then he also has a note. And the note says to kill Pam, but first he has to take her to the bank to get Russ's money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she, they know that the money was consecutive in bills. Well, what they did is they found another hundred dollars in her yeah. house. So there was a thousand dollars, you know, the thousand dollars. She said she was going to pay him to do the reenactment. Yeah. So the note had told Lewis to leave the cash that he got from her behind this wood pile at Russ Faria's house. So we're still dragging poor Russ Faria into this, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, she just could not stand the fact that he got turned loose and that he was you know, going to be somewhat okay. Right. And that he, what he had to say might actually put her in jail. So it turns out they check a neighbor's security camera to see if Pam has been by his house, you know, to put the money where it's supposed to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll guess what? Yes. Yes, it had. So her, her very ridiculous, plan that sucked in a completely innocent person uh fails yeah and so she's arrested so after she's arrested she asks to go to the bathroom and they send her to the bathroom without any um without any supervision yeah and so she has a ballpoint pen on her that she's nicked from somewhere Mm-hmm. And she tries this. She's so pathetic. I just in every way. Mm-hmm. She tried to kill herself. Okay. And yeah. you know how she did it? By stabbing herself in the neck with a ballpoint pen. Yeah. And stabbing herself in the arms, like trying to bleed to death, I guess. Mm-hmm. The picture of her in her booking photo yeah. looks like she has a giant maxi pad stuck in the <laughs> yeah, And you'll see if you're, if you're watching the video of this, you'll see it in the intro. But I had to use that picture of her because this just sums up who yeah. we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was her attempt at killing herself, which uh, super unsuccessful there. Mm, yeah. So she does in 2019, she she takes an Alfred plea because, again, she's never going to admit anything. No. Nope. So an Alfred plea means that she recognizes there's enough evidence to convict her, but she's not going to admit guilt. Yep. So this is a first degree murder trial. 
because of course it is. Oh my God, what she did to that poor guy. Right. That little something mother. That's just so sad. Right. Oh, it's awful. His poor family. Right. It's just so heartbroken and, and devastated and astonished that something like this could happen. Yeah. Just awful. Yeah. So anyway, that she avoided the death penalty on his murder by taking an Alfred plea. Right. So, you know, meanwhile, unfortunately, so as far as her mother's death is concerned, they, the only thing that's happened with that is that a coroner has changed her death from accidental to um, undetermined mm-hmm. because, you know, they'd like to look into her for that, but they've been too busy, yeah. you know, in trying her for all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, She's sitting in prison, life in prison. Yeah. And at this point, they decide that they're going to reopen Betsy Faria's murder because, because, you know. Of course they should. Right. Yeah. Like, poor Russ Faria did not kill his wife, as we know. So one of the things that they determined is that because there were... There were tracks, like somebody walking in blood all over in the house. Mm-hmm. And those tracks na- uh, matched Betsy's socks, the socks she'd been wearing. And it was one of the reasons that they thought maybe this was like a domestic violence incident. Um, they've now determined that um, Pam actually dipped those socks in Betsy's blood and then put them on and tracked them around the house. Oh, my God. It's not the grossest thing ever. Yeah. Well, and obviously got blood on the slippers, too, and shoved them in the closet. Yeah, I did that on purpose to um, implicate Russ, but it didn't make sense. No. Like, why why the slippers when he's wearing his shoes? I don't know. Yeah. So, in July of 2021, she was charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action mm-hmm. in Betsy's death. So, uh, she has not been to trial on Betsy yet but I mean let's get real here obviously she killed Betsy for her insurance money tried to set up Russ Mm -hmm. when that didn't work and she had to give the money back then she killed her mother for her millions which turned out to be nowhere near that Mm -hmm. and when she thought she was going to get busted she just involved poor Louis Gumpenberger who had zero to do with her or anything to do with this case and killed him to try to make it look like Russ was trying to have her killed and uh, is now in prison on an Alfred plea and is also being charged with Betsy's murder yeah so as I said it is a relief for anyone in her life and basically just the community at large that she's in prison because she clearly has um the ability to kill anybody if mm-hmm. she really wants to and they're in her way. Yeah, killed her. But you know, supposedly killed her mother. I'm going yes on that. Uh yeah. killed her supposedly best friend. Yeah. Killed an innocent handicapped oh, sweetheart of a guy. Cancer. And he she killed her in uh right yeah. and this poor guy that he just thought he was gonna, gonna make, make a little money. Bucks. I mean what the hell? You know there aren't all 
there aren't a lot of female psychopaths. Mm -mm. But the ones that there are, are super bad, you know? And they wreak havoc on the people in their own lives. You know, male psychopaths tend to kill strangers. Female psychopaths kill people close to them. Yeah. Uh, Pretty clear that's what we have going on here. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Pam? Because there's not a lot... I mean, I've read kind of pretty much the same blurb about her history and growing up on a bunch of different articles and websites and stuff. I can't find anything very deep about her. Yeah, it's pretty much all the same. It is. Here's a a question I have for you. Do you think she was born a psychopath? Yeah. Because I don't really see any making of a psychopath in her life. Right. No, I think she's a born psychopath. I think when she was a kid, she covered it better, or at least, you know, was just modeling the behaviors of people around her that were, well, not psychopaths, you know? Right, yeah. I think that as she got older and more exposed to media, and I'd be really curious to see her search history, right? I mean, which says nothing, because when you're a true crimer, you've searched every terrible thing under the sun. (laughs) Right. But honestly, like, it seems to me like she's living out some kind of drama, you know, Mm -hmm. made for TV drama here. That It's like, yeah, it it is. It's like a a bad B movie. Mm -hmm. Because she was a terrible criminal, but she got away with a lot. Mm -hmm. Really? She was... One of the things I read is that she was very calm and cool and collected when meeting with the police and very believable Mm -hmm. and, you know, just very rational. And like, Mm -hmm. they didn't suspect her. Yeah. But clearly under the cover of everything, she had a serious entitlement to whatever she wanted. Mm -hmm. Most especially money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's good news for everyone that she's in prison and now Mm -hmm. being charged with first-degree murder yet again, so she will never see the light of day. Thank heavens. But I always find um, female psychopaths very interesting because Mm -hmm. there aren't very many. And so it's it's interesting to look at their stories. Where did this come from for her, you know? Yeah. And it probably came from birth, unfortunately, in this case. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Well, that's Pam Hop, you guys. Um, we'll keep an eye out on what's happening with her. She's got, she's gonna go to trial here soon, probably not until um, next year, I would imagine. Oh, this sure. Yeah. She's, there's no rush to in you know in doing her trial because she's in prison now. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on what happens with that trial because I'm sure for Russ Feria, for Betsy Feria's daughters. And anyone else involved in this situation, people want to see her pay Mm -hmm. for Betsy's murder because Mm -hmm. it seems like she pretty much deserves to, doesn't it? Yeah, very much. What a mess. Right? It's quite a story. Yeah. But poor Betsy's daughters. I mean, I mean, I have a lot of compassion for Russ too, but for Betsy or for Betsy's daughters, my God. The mother basically inherits them and then gets murdered. Yeah. So they have no opportunity to talk to her about like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. All of it. It's just, it's unthinkable. But anyway, that is what it is now. Well, it is.
It is. Well, this is our Tuesday case. Yeah. And we will be back tomorrow with another case as well as our um, uh, Wednesday night live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain. Yeah. And our, which is our case update. And then Thursday night with the psychic hour. And Katie has a very special guest. She also has a special guest on the uh, update because I'm yeah. gone. I'm going on vacation. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow oh. night on Wednesday night case update. My daughter Mars is going to join us to do case updates. She's uh, a little excited, a little nervous. Uh, she's going to be great. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll, we'll have uh, Thursday night on the Psychic Hour, we have Nurse Hadley from TikTok. Yeah. So if you guys are TikTokers, go find Nurse Hadley. She's a hospice nurse, and she has some amazing stories about death and dying and the other side and the connections that she's been able to make and the lessons she's learned. And honestly, she's just perfect for a psychic hour show. And I'm so excited that she's going to join me. So yeah. definitely come hang out. It'll be a great time. Very cool. And that of course is 7 PM mountain time on Thursday. And that's a live stream from yeah. YouTube and from Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, keep an eye out all week. We have lots of great things coming up. Mm-hmm. And you know it, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here.